Hi, this is Clint Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week in, Re- Week in Review podcast, recorded a day earlier than usual on Thursday, February the 2nd. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about the latest from the legislature. We'll also talk about Governor Sarah Sanders and uh, her culture war crusades, uh, namely her uh, investigation into a uh, AP history class on on uh, black history in 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 the United States. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we'll also talk about a potential deal that the University of Arkansas system is exploring to buy, with the help of a, a nonprofit, the online uh, University of Phoenix. I'm joined by Arkansas Times editorial director Austin Bailey. Hello. So we're recording on Thursday because I'm going to be gone tomorrow, but also because when the legislature is in town, it it stops on Thursday, and and that means that um, a lot of the the big news stops on Thursday of the week. Though we are missing out on uh, Jeremy Hutchinson getting sentenced. Uh, that's happening tomorrow morning. So check back or check the Arkansas blog, and maybe we'll talk about it next week. But let's let's dive into what's going on at the General Assembly. Um, you know, at least in, I don't know if this is necessarily true of the last session, but historically there's been a a big push to deal with the most consequential issues first. Uh, legislative leaders and the governor have usually started off the session and said, here, here are the things that we want to do. Let's knock them out. And, and then we'll figure out oftentimes how much money we have left to do other things. So everybody, top legislative leaders and Governor Sanders have said, we want to do three things. We want to overhaul education in the state, start down the road of cutting the income tax to zero and reform, they say reform, the criminal justice system and build more prisons. So far, we haven't heard a peep out of any of those. We've we've seen no legislation uh, on any of those topics, or at least the big legislation right well i mean uh, you know the democrats have tossed in an education thing but yes for the most part we're just twiddling our thumbs waiting for those and so in 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 that vacuum uh i guess not surprisingly you've got all the yahoos which is you know most republicans at this point just following endless nutty stuff that is you know fighting phantom issues and really the, the session so far has been dominated by this bill targeting drag shows and, and you've been covering that it went through a kind of wild ride this week yeah wow um so right so for weeks lawmakers have been hearing mainly opposition to mary bentley and gary stubblefield's plan to classified drag shows as adults-only entertainment, so that means they couldn't happen within a thousand feet of a walking trail, a park, a park, a playground, a school, a church, a house. Um, which is everywhere. Which is <laughs> everywhere, right, and kids it, could not go. So, um, yeah, so if you have ever, you know, taken anyone under 18 to a drag brunch, like, that would no longer be allowed. So, anyway, the Senate loved it, passed it, couldn't get enough of it apparently. And, uh, so 
I, I'm not sure, but I, I, I something something pretty big happened, a big bump in the road, um, because the 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 bill surprisingly to me, at in a committee yesterday was basically erased completely and replaced by this kind of nebulous, broad, uh, general new bill that Mary Bentley still continues to couch as like, you know, it's still a drag show bill. Um, But basically it just says, you know, protect kids from seeing prosthetic penises and nudity and semi-nudity. So it's, you know, it's, and apparently uh, Attorney General Tim Griffin pretty much rewrote the whole thing. Um, There were pretty significant concerns that it was not constitutional. It seemed pretty blatantly unconstitutional. Um, now it just doesn't, it seems to be kind of mealy mouth. I'm not sure what it will do and who it will affect. Uh, but Mary Bentley said it will not affect Twin Peaks or Hooters. Um, but thank, but in, thank God. Right. That, I mean, that, you know, that has become, been like kind of an amazing theme throughout this whole argument. Like what about Hooters? Every, like every new issue that comes up with this is like, well, what about Hooters? Um, but Mary Bentley says Hooters is safe from this bill. Although when you read it, you're like, mm, I don't know. It seems like Hooters, it seems like drag shows are completely safe from this bill, but I don't think Hooters maybe is. So uh, I think what, what what's going on is there was concern that it was pretty clearly unconstitutional. Maybe Tim Griffin didn't really feel like going to court over this one because it was just such an obvious loser. It's been rewritten, uh, doesn't really seem to do anything. It either is going to do everything now or nothing. Like, so we all are going to have to wear burkas everywhere or we're just going to ignore it. Um, so I, I'd say, I'd, I'd say uh, the Republicans really, this is going to be a big lose for them. I mean, it'll pass, but it won't do anything. It's just a lot of fanfare over maybe nothing. I don't know. Well, Mary, Mary Bentley is, of course, not stopping there. She's also moving along uh, a, a bill that uh, would require students to use a bathroom in school that corresponds with the the gender to which they were born. Is that the language? It's- uh, yeah, yeah, and that and this one is is just really infuriating just because she I, I feel like she's using school children innocent already maligned school children as props in her her culture war uh obviously conway school district kind of pioneered this attack on transgender students by a, uh making a big fuss about how you have to use the bathroom that corresponds with your genitalia just the obsession with kids genitals continues it started in 2021 um you know, and there's never been any instance of this being a problem. Uh, the, um, a lot of conservative lawmakers like to point to this story out of, I believe it's Virginia, where um, a, a, a couple of girls were assaulted in a bathroom. Um, but I don't think that transgen- the, the assailant was necessarily transgender. It's kind of murky. It's just one of those, you know, this happened once somewhere but I don't even think it happened how it's being portrayed. So anyway, no transgender student in any Arkansas bathroom has ever caused any problems for anyone else. Statistically, transgender people are far more likely to be victims of violence and sexual violence than they are perpetrators. 
So, you know, we're creating boogeymen out of these like poor, sweet, already struggling young people. And it's it's pretty infuriating, honestly. Uh, Democrats uh, obviously don't have any numbers to do anything about any of this. But I I have seen them give some pretty heartfelt um, speeches. And, um, you know, we've seen a lot of of really poignant um, testimony from parents and transgender folks, you know, just, just trying to show support for this community that, man, they really, they really were targeted in 2021. And it looks like they're, they're being targeted again. So it's, it's pretty heartbreaking to watch. Uh, meanwhile, I've been, uh, focusing on some of some things that have maybe not flown under the radar, but have gotten a little less attention, uh, Senator Dan Sullivan, Republican of Jonesboro, always is waging the culture war. Uh, he uh, advanced a bill out of committee that would ban uh, affirmative action in Arkansas. We'd be, I think, the ninth state to do that. And of course, the U.S. Supreme Court is is poised to to end the practice in higher education. Uh, I think maybe later this year. That's what folks think. Um, you know, this, this came out of, uh, I think the judiciary committee and Senate and you've got two Democrats and because of the, the weather, only one was there, Clark Tucker, and he very eloquently defended it, but it, it's just, as you, as you suggested earlier, you're going to, Democrats are there to fact check and, and to provide you know, kind of the moral, ethical case against things, but that's about all they can do. Um, you know, that there were there were some questions of uh, so many of these bills, as as we saw with the drag show, uh, are just sloppily written and and don't don't take into account uh, other issues. Um, you yeah, Sullivan, Sullivan's that. bill would have would have been in if it if it comes and if it passes into law right now it's in conflict with existing law um he he said that he would work with tucker to, to fix it but you know it's really risible to to hear him talk uh you know sullivan said that this, this bill is just really all about putting people on an equal field he said if the purpose of affirmative action is to give people who are in need a course of action that's exactly what the bill says Bill says people who are in need qualify. Hmm. So this would end any sort of, uh, you know, targets for minority-owned or women-owned businesses, which is, you know, that's something that's in state law that's previously had support from Republicans. Uh, the last time it was amended, Missy Irvin was a sponsor, I believe. So, I mean, this this is only passed at a committee. I suppose there is some possibility that it will it will die uh was somewhat heartened to follow another sullivan bill uh this this happened in uh or was heard in, in senate education uh committee and uh this was something i think he's pushed before um it, it's what's he call it free thought in higher education bill it's aimed at uh ensuring that that higher Institutions of higher education can't police speech, no matter how egregious it is. Uh, it, you know, the 
it says that you can't disrupt so that's that's his one element but uh you know this is this is all raised by colleges who've successfully pushed back at um, controversial speakers coming but surprisingly pretty much everyone on the committee tore apart the bill which was also pretty sloppily written and and Sullivan pulled it back so I don't you know I suspect that it will come back but um yeah it was a little bit heartening well okay so just one one thing that I couldn't help but notice is the vote that committee vote um to disband affirmative action in Arkansas um who 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 were the people that that voted uh I'm pretty sure they're all white guys and older white guys there, there may have been a woman a woman on the, on that committee I don't know there is uh Stephanie Flowers but she was snowed in she, that uh, that day so it was all white men voting to end affirmative action in Arkansas I just really was floored by that um and just along the lines of of bills that seem to be just pretty shoddily put together and 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 no one really seems to care is the one um by hill that uh will keep sex offenders from buying drones owning drones buying drones and apparently this came about because um someone was using a drone that flew over a swimming pool where children were in bathing suits um and it came to light that this drone was owned by a sex offender so you know, instead of saying, oh, well, do we have laws on the books that prevent voyeurism? You know, what, what, you know, should we keep people from spying on semi-nude people everywhere? Uh, the law that, that was proposed and has passed out of committee just keeps sex offenders from owning drones, buying drones. Um, so, you know, poor Clark Tucker, he, he tried to say, hey, maybe let's, you know, let's criminalize like the behavior. Let's just maybe tweak existing law to make sure that, you know, you can't use drones to to spy on people. But instead, you know, it's just this very, you know, kind of caveman. We're going to go after sex offenders. They can't have drones. It's just, you know, it's just and, and I, you know, Clark Tucker made that the argument and it made a lot of sense. He his analogy was you know, if a, a baseball player somewhere uses a bat to beat somebody up with, do we take all bats away from baseball players or do we say, hey, don't beat people up with bats? Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I'm sure this is not the these aren't the the last poorly written bills we'll see pass pass this legislature. Um, but I think, you know, I think it'll it'll be kind of messy down the road. All right, well, let's let's move on and talk about the governor who. Uh, is in the news today on Thursday because it was announced that she will give the rebuttal to President Biden on Tuesday uh, after Biden's State of the Union speech. All I can think about is Bobby Jindal. Do you remember that tragedy, the tragedy of Bobby Jindal when he gave the rebuttal to the State of the Union and pretty much ended his political career? Vaguely. Mm. Why was it bad? It, oh, he was—he was absolutely the worst. He—he t- it was like he was like on a children's television show, or that he was like talking to preschoolers. His delivery was just kind of really creepy. Um, I can't remember what he said, but I remember being disturbed by his really poor delivery. And then, you know, of course, he kind of went on to just blow up Louisiana altogether with, you know, pollution and you know hyper conservative policies that just, you know, 
bludgeoned everyone. So he's done for. But um, that was definitely the beginning of the end for him. Anyway, just. Well, yeah, I, I think that's probably unlikely for for all of her faults. Sanders is a Great. pretty accomplished speaker. Oh, yeah, uh, she's and, and as you as you uh, dug up in, in your story on the governor's race, she she did debate in high school and, and was good. And her her early I mean, we of course, we didn't really see her during the campaign season since she hit out. But her inaugural day speeches were cogent and, you know, hit 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 on all the normal Republican talking points. So I, I think she'll probably be pretty fluid. Yeah, I definitely uh, kill Jindal's performance for sure she's she's really what I think what she's landed on and people really respond to is just you know she's she's always been kind of an attack dog and people love it and and that's I'm sure what she'll do that's kind of the job right yeah well so I mean it's early days but so far she and I think you may have mentioned this last time we podcasted but so far she's she's really just a, a messaging governor I mean she's She's just taking her, you know, her skills at, at political messaging and and using those. I mean, that's all that there's been so far. It's it's uh, you know, we're going to put out all these executive orders to to, to signal, you know, what our our uh, focus is going to be on, even though they're pretty much all meaningless. Uh, you know, I'm going to direct my education officials to look into this black history class because everybody's all fired up about critical race theory um yeah so i mean there's there's just it's all it's all what ben yes let us ben uh one thing though yes so mainly it's you know she's a, a maestro at messaging and um so hats off and she continues to be great at that. Uh, one thing, though, that I think she is trying to do, and he talked about it earlier, and that is 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 not going. I think maybe as expected. I think she thought she would just um, offer this education package that she envisions with school vouchers, um, and that everyone would just love it. And you know, Republicans have, have in the legislature have have said as much. Like we're standing by, ready to to carry her water, whatever she wants us to do. But I think that, um, you know, I think that that's not gone as smoothly as as she wa- has wanted it to. So it seems like this is that's her first big effort. And it's it's a little bumpier than than expected. I, I, I've heard that, you know, it should be the next week or two. We'll see something. Uh, I've been really surprised at how amenable Arkansas lawmakers are to, to like hand over their lawmaking duties to the governor I, I know it's not unheard of but it's it seems unusual yeah well and it's again it's early days and things may fray uh, i mean ha- hard to keep everybody in line when there even though there's a huge amount of money still it's not unlimited and folks will have different priorities and then education especially you know you got you got different things that different folks want depending on where they live in the state so It'll be fascinating to watch. What's- well, I, I think I do think that anybody who watches her State of the Union on Tuesday should take a shot every time she says radical left. Just for fun. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, finally, I just wanted to, to touch on a, a big story that the Arkansas Times uh, 
Deborah Hale Shelton broke this week, and that's that the University of Arkansas system is working with a newly created nonprofit to purchase the University of Phoenix, which is uh, an embattled um, non uh, for profit college that's that's uh, mostly online. <laughs> a fascinating story that we really don't know much about. I mean, yeah, we, why? We, we know that we Deborah has has learned that that it's happening and that the UA would not be the purchaser, but this this newly created nonprofit called Transformative Education Services Inc, of which we know really nothing more, uh, would would be the purchaser, and the purchase price is. Uh, a, supposedly somewhere between half a billion and uh, $700 million. So, you know, a big deal, how this would fit into the UA system is, and and what the relationship between the UA system and the nonprofit would be, uh, and who who's driving this train. I mean, we know that the system president, Don Bobbitt, is, is uh, you know, clearly one of the main parties but who on the board uh, is behind it deborah has learned that the board chairman cliff gibson a lawyer from monticello has a lot of questions um you know we don't really know where the rest of the board is on this there of course was a huge split on the board over the university of arkansas at fayetteville chancellor search with about half of them um well it ultimately ended, ended up being more than half uh, siding with um, the longtime provost Charles Robinson against a candidate picked by Bobbitt, who was a computer science guy. Bobbitt has always been very focused on uh, growing uh, online offerings uh, with the UA system. Uh, his eversity program was kind of a bust or has been a bust. Um, and the UA bought Grantham. Uh, I think it was in Kansas, maybe uh, a really indebted online university. They bought it for a dollar and took on their liabilities, and uh, it's got about five thousand students. So, you know, what Phoenix has? How many did Deborah say? Oh, like eighty thousand students. So, uh, yeah, the the mechanics of how all this would work just really need to be explained, and I think. Not all the board members know, and they are eager to know, and Bobbitt has promised to tell them. Um, so I hope that we will find out more soon. I do too. I, I'm wondering what's the point of this? And they bought Grantham, or they have Grantham now. I'm, I, I, I'm very curious. I, I feel like I'm missing something, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's leave it there for now and move on to endorsements. What do you have this week? OK, I have one. So this is a show that I think for like multiple years I've been trying to pressure you to watch and you have failed to do so called Falda. It's phenomenal. It's about um, uh, Israel and Palestine and the tensions there. And we've got some undercover intelligence officers kind of working both sides. And it's phenomenal. Uh, the main character is this guy named Duran and he has a dad bod, but he's like super cool and can beat everybody up and they have like cool guns and stuff. 
Uh, and I am delighted to report that the third season is out. And um, so it's pretty fun. Um, there's like, you know, terrorism mysteries to solve and lots of action. And um, so you should, I continue to pressure you to watch it. It's great. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I'm a man. There's just so much TV. It's hard to keep up. There's so much TV, so many books, children to take care of. I know. Pesky kid. The, the, the juggle is real. Uh, I, I want to recommend a book that I'm about to finish. It's called Eve's Hollywood by Eve Babbitts. She was uh, a kind of cult-like famous figure uh, in L.A., especially during the 60s and 70s, who, um, you know, had a kind of Zelig or Forrest Gump style uh, life where she knew absolutely everyone and had uh, relationships with a lot of different folks from Steve Martin to Harrison Ford to Jim Morrison. She uh, took photographs for a bunch of album labels. She was an artist for magazines. And she's a really sharp, funny writer. Um, she she gets compared to Joan Didion a lot, though their styles are very different. And she's way more kind of bohemian and scattered. And uh, they're kind of more vignettes than essays. But it's just a fun look at, uh, at, at L.A. during that time um, and all sorts of subcultures and folks that that you would recognize. Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, you can borrow it. Thank you. Uh, All right, everybody stay safe out there and we'll be back soon. Bye.